Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Hahn, and this is podcast number 45 of Guided Self-Healing, Fearless Living. And we have a cat in the background. So, um, you know, it's very interesting, of course, because we say cats have nine lives, and this is a very interesting chapter. We're up to chapter nine in our book called uh, Triple Center Patterns or uh, Triple Center Patterns in the Non-Material Realms. Um, and these are stories that, whether they're literal or metaphoric, are not stories that are generally perceived to be in what we call normative Western reality. They're stories of entities or the ghosts or curses or energies that take us over or extraterrestrials, whether they're literally literal ETs or gods and goddesses and our relationship with them or the angelic realms or whatever that is for us. So <clears throat> these are stories that many of us will say, are you kidding me? Or we might say like, I've never thought about this and what's this got to do with healing? Um, others would say, oh my goodness, it's really great that somebody is bringing this into the world of therapy and healing. And of course, we have our predecessors here. So for example, John Mack wrote a whole book on abduction. And we've seen many stories of abductions and what comes with abductions, which can often be a sense of implants or whatever there is with that. And we've seen stories of dark energies that take us over, which we call superimpositions. So we've seen, you know, certainly many stories of ghosts and entities which are non-material beings that aren't human that affect us. So these are stories, like I said, of entities and ghosts and curses and all kinds of different curses and sort of the kinds of curses that uh, are literal curses or um, even curses about how we make sense of the world. So these are the kinds of stories we're talking about here. Now, again, what I'd invite you to is a willing suspension of disbelief if this is something that doesn't fit your worldview. Because really, from our point of view, it doesn't matter so much whether we think these stories are literally true or not. And that's certainly the case for our clients. If we take care of some kind of story and suddenly you feel like your house has been haunted and it's making you feel crazy and suddenly you no longer feel that sense of craziness or uh, you have the subjective sense of feeling cursed and how it's affected your life and suddenly that doesn't affect you anymore. Um, to some degree or other, it doesn't matter whether you think that it's literally true or just energetically true. Either way, there's going to be a usefulness to this. So when we say we want to invite you to a willing suspension of disbelief, right now, whether these stories are real or not isn't so important as whether they're useful for your healing or our client's healing or opening to possibilities, both for the causes of our difficulties and for practices that could resolve our difficulties. So that's the invitation for today. And again, 
sometimes the stories are literally true. Um, like there's a ghost in your field that's affecting you and we'll tell you some stories that are about that. But you can also feel ghosted obviously and that can play out as a ghost. And sometimes the very same story um, can have different kinds of diagnostics. And depending on what the diagnostic is, it will give you a deep sense of what your challenge with in the story is. For example, let's suppose you were in a cult and you're traumatized by the cult. Well, it could feel like no matter what you do, you can't get away from it, at which point it might feel like a ghost. Or it might be that it's bigger than you and took you over, at which point it might be what we call a superimposition. Or it may have felt like it got inside you and no matter what you do, it's like you've been brainwashed and then it might feel like an implant. So again, um, our diagnostic will help us determine exactly what it is that it's been like for you. So with that as background, let's talk about some of these stories. And um, I wanna focus on a couple of them in particular because they have been really educational for me. Um, so while, you know, we have all these different kinds of stories, um, a couple of them have been deeply moving profoundly memorable and deeply moving sessions for me. So I'd like to start with one that was a story that actually, and a case that actually happened uh, at this point, almost probably 25 to 30 years ago. And um, it was a case of a woman who had been hospitalized on several occasions before I had seen her. And she was hospitalized like every year. And um, her diagnosis in our world of psychology was called dissociative identity disorder with psychotic features, which meant essentially that she was a person who in sort of more uh, everyday parlance had what was called multiple personalities and particularly she had a sense of loss of time. She also had uh, a sense of terrible bugs crawling all over her that she couldn't get away from even though there were clearly no bugs in three-dimensional reality crawling all over her. Um, and she had a really quite horrific history that included rape and incest and severe violence in her family um, and all kinds of really horrific things. It's also true that she came from a family where her father was a Southern Baptist minister and um, so some of the things that were going on that weren't being particularly talked about I think to some degree or other informed this story. So even with all of these horrific things that we just, you know, she told me about very early on in our treatment, not right in the beginning, but early on, 
I was doing work with her on this dissociative identity disorder in the sense of like, um, sort of like her container was broken and different aspects of her personality would come to the fore and there wasn't really that much of a witness. Um, so, <clears throat> but when she was her core personality, she actually was quite a good witness and was able to be, I thought, a very uh, good reporter of what her life experience was from her point of view. So we discovered uh, doing muscle testing that the root cause of her, what's called dissociative identity disorder, which she clearly wanted to work on, and the features that were the bugs crawling all over her was what we call a superimposition, which is a dark energy that takes you over. I hadn't been doing the kind of work that I've been talking about here for very long. And I was a little bit concerned about mentioning this to her when she was someone who had her own issues with reality, but she clearly was in a place during the session where she was quite lucid and quite present and very much here and very much in reality. So I asked her, I said to her, does this make sense to you? that some kind of dark energy is taking you over. And not only has the dark energy taken you over, but it's really been a crystallizing effect for why it is that you've had such difficulty sort of maintaining a sense of who you are and all of these bugs crawling all over you and everything. And she looked at me like I was really, it was quite astounding to her and she said, it totally makes sense to me. And she said, when I was a young girl, she got a young years old or something. When she was at church and her father was giving uh, sort of what she described as a fire and brimstone kind of sermon, she said that she actually literally felt this dark energy come in and take her over. And uh, she said, I've never felt the same since. And in fact, she was already in therapy and because of things that nobody much was talking about, including her. And she went and told her psychiatrist the next day that she had had the sense that this dark energy had taken her over. And he thought, according to her, her report was that he told her that she was crazy, which I can't say, I'm gonna tell you her report and put her on Thorazine, which I can believe she would remember, at which point she said to herself, I'm never gonna tell anybody about this again. So of course, <laughs> then 30 years later, she tells me, yes, it makes total sense to me. And I said, well, we can probably do something together with this. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna go back to that moment where this energy is taking you over uh, use that eight-year-old girl and we're going to invite her who's here right now to come forward and talk about what that experience was like and see if we can transform it. So she was able to find the sensation that she associated with being taken over by this dark energy and I very strongly in ways that I can describe to you told her that we don't want to talk with that energy. We want to talk with that eight-year-old you who's having the experience right now. So even though you're going to focus on the sensation and that moment of being taken over, nonetheless, we're going to let 
it's you experiencing this energy taking you over that you want to talk with this much younger you who's here right now that you can witness and not the energy itself, which she was also able to do. And I had found that out and determined that doing our diagnostic that she would be able to do that. And she could, and she described in relatively vivid details exactly what had happened to her. And we had discovered also that she could tune in and ask, she was in her own way quite religious, that she could ask God for help to know what had to happen to transform this. Now, it's very interesting. This woman um, who does, has talked about this session, you know, not just to me, but she was uh, one sixteenth Native American and she was beginning to get interested in Native American things, particularly over the last couple of weeks. And she was proud of her heritage, but she knew very little about it. She was just getting interested in it. And she said to me that she had to do some kind of Native American dance, even though she didn't know anything about Native American dances. And I watched her start to do this dance in my office. And it was clearly in some way to a beat that I would associate with being Native American. And she was going around making a very intricate circle, like, uh, but going sort of like in a, in, it's hard to describe. I really, this is one of the few sessions in my life I really wish I had on videotape. But she was going around sort of like she was dancing around a fire and going closer to it and making rings and continuing around and continuing around. And she did that for about a minute. And then she looked up at me as to say, what am I doing? But she continued, she didn't say anything. And she continued for another minute. And literally, for those of us who are attuned to these things, it's like you could kind of feel the room shaking a little bit and it got lighter and she said, I'm done. She said, I feel totally different. She said, it feels like something is gone that has been with me for as long as I can remember. And we didn't know what the effect of that would be, but I can tell you what the effect of it was because I continued to see her for quite a while um, because of all of the other things that had happened to her, including, of course, the incest and the rape and the violence and a whole lot of other things and not just even in this lifetime. But the effect was that as long as I saw her, even though obviously she had an awful lot of challenges, she was never hospitalized again for the things that we had worked on that day, uh, at least as long as I saw her. And then uh, I moved away and she actually moved away. And this was you know, in the 1990s before there was remote work. And so I lost track of her. And it just so happens that Many years later, I was in a doctor's office and she walked into the doctor's office and it was quite a reunion because of course we both remembered each other. And we started to talk about what her life had been like and she told me she had never been hospitalized again, which was deeply moving. Now, I'm not saying, of course, that all what we call multiple personalities or the kinds of uh, psychoses that come with multiple personalities is necessarily dark energies that are much bigger than us that have taken us over to kind of break our containers. But it certainly is something that we may want to consider when we open to these kinds of phenomena 
And I can only tell you in that one case, it seemed to have made really a qualitative difference that to this day touches my heart. So I invite the people in our field because we don't really know what to do with these cases particularly. I mean, we give medications and uh, we try to integrate the personalities, but I'd invite us to open to some other way of understanding this, which is that something literally bigger than ourselves can take us over and break sort of our core container so that there isn't something that holds us all together. And maybe if we can transform whatever it was that did that to us with, in this case, there was sacred dance, but usually we use light, which is for most people, uh, every color of light is like a face of the divine, which is bigger than these energies. And I think the key when we talk with someone about this is to say that even if something that is much bigger than you took you over, there is something that's infinite, that's much bigger than it. And it's a part of that something bigger and we can change that vibration and we can, in a sense, totally transmute that energy into something else and have it not run your life anymore. And that certainly was the case with her. And uh, so for what it's worth. The second case I wanna talk about, which was also superimposition, both of these are in the book. I really would like us to open to, because I think that it opens us to a whole new way of understanding something that is very disturbing which in this case was pedophilia. And uh, you know, that's been a problem that's been rampant. And again, I'm not gonna tell you that all pedophilia is gonna be what I talk about in this particular session, but let's suppose there's something to this. And let's suppose we could do this work with people who are uh, having sex with minors against the minor's will or end up in jail and we don't know what to do with them. So I will share this story because it feels so important in our field. In this story, I had a colleague and she came in to me one day and said, Andy, you know, she knew the work I did. In fact, we worked together on it. She said, you know, I need to do a session with you. She said, for about a month, I've had this strange compulsion and she said, you know, we were near a school, we were actually near a middle school, and uh, she would see these young girls walking on the street, and this voice inside of her started to say very lewd and lascivious things, and clearly wanted to go and have sex with these girls, which was very disturbing in general, and particularly strange, because this woman totally identified as being heterosexual and never had fantasies at all about young girls and nothing could account for this change as of a month ago. She said, I really thought about it. She said, I went and visited my mother, but that, I always go and visit my mother and nothing about that visit would account for this and nothing else could account for it. So we did our, we determined what was going on and we said something in fact did crystallize about a month ago and we could have her drop into that energy. And uh, a very extraordinary story came to her, which is this, and it had not occurred to her at all. She was at that point 
in a, a love affair with a man who was a policeman who was on the vice squad and they were uh, staking out some pedophiles. And apparently, as she could feel into the story, and she actually knew this a little bit, but she had a sense of it in much greater detail, her lover and one of the pedophiles got into a fight. And that night, she and her lover made love, they had intercourse, and she literally could feel the energy had attached itself to him as a kind of carrier um, and had gotten inside of her, even though it seemed like it was outside of him and was not affecting him so much. It was like around him. She could feel it around him, but it wasn't inside of him. So he was not having any of these kinds of feelings. It was just sort of something he was carrying, so to speak. But it did get inside of her, and she could literally feel that energy inside of her starting to take her over and uh, uh, forcing on her these horrific, from her point of view, uh, thoughts and words and everything. So once we knew what the problem was, it was not hard to transform it because in, in our system, it said that the way to transform it was through light. And she channeled light into that energy until that energy was totally infused with light. And she could feel the whole energy of that superimposition, that thing that had taken her over, begin to dissipate and just dissolve. And all of the intense compulsion to do anything and the words that were so horrific to her just all went away. So I share with you these two stories and um, but however you want to make sense of them, that's up to you. I can tell you that from my point of view, stories like these and stories like, you know, other stories where we had a woman who had what was called a, call it a kind of process curse. And in that story that she found, she couldn't get pregnant and we found out that she was cursed. And the curse was not just that she wouldn't get pregnant, but that the harder she would try to get pregnant, the more miserable she would get. And she actually could find that curse and uh, the whole story of that curse only transformed that curse. She did get pregnant having tried for seven years. So again, I'm not saying obviously that all the only reason people can't get pregnant when there doesn't seem to be a medical reason for it is because of some non-material phenomenon. And it may be something you want to look into. So again, I just wanted to share these stories with you because they do open us up to new possibilities. And again, we all have our own ways of making sense of the world. The only thing I can say here is that the more possibilities we open to, that if we can imagine it, it may be so. And if we can imagine it, and it may be so, we may find ways of handling these problems that may never have occurred to us has been true for many of our clients. So I invite you to read the whole chapter and we have many other stories that aren't obviously in the book, but I do want to share these two stories because I think could be really something for our field and something to really look at. And my hope for you at least is that it makes you wonder the world is a strange and extraordinary place. So having said that, 
thank you for joining us. And again, uh, you can always reach me, Ahan, A-H-A-H-N, at lifecenteredtherapy.com, Ahan at lifecenteredtherapy.com. And you can get our book there. And of course, we would love everyone to read the book. And if you write to me, I will certainly respond to you. So thank you again. And until our next podcast, I wish you a sense of wonder about life.